it's a vacation, but it's definitely not a vacation. You know, you're not going to be laying on the beach. Um, it's its own kind of experience and it's its own kind of vacation, but you're out there working. Um, but that's honestly, I think the best part of it is you're through, you know, the work site. You're looking to your right, you're looking to your left. There's just community members everywhere. And, and that's where you really start to get to know people. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm Gail, your host, and today we're talking about a really cool experience. We're talking about a volunteer trip to Laos. Now, am I suggesting that you travel right now during coronavirus, COVID-19? No, I am not. Uh, please stay at home as that is what I'm doing. Uh, but what I'm trying to offer through this podcast, especially right now, is a way for you to A, uh, virtual travel, and B, uh, plan those trips for the future when uh, this virus does die down and, and when it is safe to travel again. Uh, so just take note of that uh, when we're making these recommendations. A few months ago, I went to uh, the LA Travel and Adventure Show, and there I met an organization called Give Volunteers, and they organize these volunteer expeditions in many different places. Laos is just one of those places, but I was talking to Carly Shade there, and she has specialized in uh, this Laos expedition, and when I say volunteer trip, you are paying to go on a trip where you are volunteering and making uh, a true impact into a community. Uh, there's many different ways you could do it. You could go and, and spend your two weeks there and volunteer, and then you could continue your, your trip and have that nice relaxing time by the beach or wherever it is. But this is a really... It's a really interesting way to give back and go to a country you may have never heard of or couldn't even find on a map and and actually like really make an impact. Um, I'm all about uh, different ways that we can impact and have really just interesting, unique experiences. And I think going into the middle of a community in Laos uh, is definitely up there. And Carly Shade, she is a specialized travel advisor with Give Volunteers. And she's also the program coordinator for the Laos Excursion. So yes, we found an expert in this experience. Uh, and if you're interested in other expeditions, I would definitely check out Give Volunteers out uh, and we'll also have this information on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. And Carly, she loves adventure travel, cooking, and snowboarding. But she she has a heart of gold, and she seeks out new experiences, adventure. And I feel like that is my that's my listeners here, people who love experience, adventure travel. Uh, putting yourself outside your comfort zone and willing to help out in the world. So so definitely uh, give this episode a listen as you already are. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do that. Also, just a note, we were recording at a conference. Uh, we did our best to find a quiet space, but you might hear some people walking 
uh, about and that sort of thing. So just bear that in mind and thank you. So welcome to the podcast, Carly. This is exciting. Yeah, we're very, very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Um, So thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're here with uh, Carly Shade from Give Volunteers. And Give Volunteers, they offer these volunteer travel trips um, to many different places. But today we're talking about uh, traveling to Laos to volunteer. Yes. Yeah. My favorite place in the world. <laughs> so so Laos is in Southeast Asia, and I have not been to Laos. I've been to Thailand. I know it goes Thailand, Cambodia, and then Laos is under it. Yeah, so it's um, Thailand is on the east side, or Laos is on the east side of Thailand, just kind right. of hugging it right next to it. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I have not been to Laos, as I said. It's kind of like this mysterious country that... I don't really know much about. Yeah, you are, you're not alone in that. Um, <laughs> that's what I love about Laos, is we call it Southeast Asia's best kept secret. Um, there is this mysterious element to it, not a lot of people really know about it. Um, and that is what drew me there five years ago and why I keep coming back. Wow, so how, how much time have you spent in Laos? So, um, so it's been five years, but it's four sections at a time. So uh, about three months each time, although as our local staff, um, Tui and Fun, uh, who I'll talk about in a little bit, um, they are continuing to step up more and more. And it is about local ownership. It's, it's their country, it's their community. So um, I now go for about five to seven weeks at a time, but collectively, you know, probably about a year over those five years. Okay, wow, that's yeah. impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so it's a volunteer trip. So in what ways are you volunteering when you're in Laos? Yeah, so um, with our volunteer programs, uh, I think it is important to start by talking about how we choose them and, and what's our methodology yeah, please, with it. please, please. Um, because, you know, volunteerism, there's a lot of people out there. But what makes us different is that when we choose project selection, when we work with communities, it's asset-based community development. So I'll refer to that as the ABCDs of give. Mm-hmm. And really what that means is that there are very capable, very intelligent, very strong people in these communities that don't need us. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of our projects are centered around the community and the community's ownership of it. Um, Projects fail if we come in as the owners and then what happens when we leave? So as long as it's community ownership and they're excited about it and it's something that's beneficial to them and it's building on their strengths and their existing resources, that's how you know it's not going to fail when we leave. We want to be replaceable and we don't want to stay in these communities forever. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. is our project selection. Okay. Um, And we have had a couple different projects in Laos over the years, um, but I'll talk about what we're doing currently, um, which is permaculture. So permaculture, for those who aren't familiar with that term, is really more sustainable way of farming, sustainable agriculture. Mm -hmm. Um, And really it's um, strategically designing the land um, to yield more fruits and vegetables, to yield more crops, um, and to kind of use nature as is to work itself. So maybe we have a catfish pond that's leading into, um, uh, the catfish pond is full of nutrients with the water, and the water is now going to feed the crops that are growing um, with more nutrients in them. Mm -hmm. So it's a specifically designed plot, organic farming, and since um, deforestation is a huge issue in Southeast Asia, Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of helping to renew soil and helping to replant crops and 
and um, farming is also huge in Laos and um, so that agriculture aspect is something the community is excited about and something that really directly is something that they can continue to learn from um, and grow the or and use for the rest of their lives. Okay. Now I know this isn't uh, Laos but when I was flying over uh, Malaysia I saw just many of the forests were overtaken by the trees that produce palm oil. Mm -hmm. is, is that a problem that's going on in Laos? So not, um, not as much as directly the palm oil, but, but part of that. So for example, I guess since our projects focus on agriculture, mm -hmm. slash and burn is a very common technique where I need to grow rice paddies, so I'm going to slash and burn this whole area. Um, and, and that's my quick way of, of clearing that land. Mm -hmm. I'm going to grow something on it, and then I'm going to move on. Um, because their growing practices uh, aren't uh, renewable or sustainable, mm -hmm. they use that plot of land and they just move on to the next one and they slash and burn. Okay. So that's what causes this mass um, deforestation. You know, there's of course uh, uh, many reasons for that. Okay. But specifically for this kind of smaller community, um, they don't realize that you can grow things on the same plot of land year round. We just do crop rotation. We do different things that help replenish the soil. Um, and that's something that the community is very, very excited about because why wouldn't you want to, you know, utilize your land more often than you think you can? Right, yeah. right. Uh, that's, that's absolutely great. And are they open to learning? Yes. You know, and, and that's something that's also important is that social capital, it's a term, um, our projects are revolving around physical capital. So whether it's that physical capital, which is a school, um, human capital, which we are going to help find that local teacher to fund the school. Mm -hmm. um, and then social capital is our relationship with the community and our trust within each other. And yeah. that is the most important. And if we do not establish social capital and we don't have that trusting relationship to begin with, mm -hmm. then our projects and our programs will never work. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where this community, they're at the forefront of talking about these projects and we have community meetings with Chief Jun. Um, he's awesome, you know, all the time. And um, we are making sure that everyone's voice is heard and, and everyone is really, really talked about, especially this agriculture program. Um, they're really excited about. We will have a learning center for anyone to come and learn these new practices. Okay. And what's the language that's spoken over there? Lao. Lao. Yes, yeah. So hello is sub-ID. Sub-ID? Sub-ID, yeah. Sub-ID. So it's very tonal. So it's... Um, there's not as many different words per se, but the tones are, are very hard to get. There's five different tones that I will never master, no, no matter how hard I try. Um, but I, I, you know, I've got the basics down and um, you know, they do appreciate that. So they bring in translators when you're helping explain what's going on? Yes, yeah, so um, you know, local empowerment, that's the, the center of it. So we have half of our staff as local guides. Okay. Um, so our logistics coordinator, uh, he works directly with me as Tui. Um, so he speaks English and Laos. He owns his own travel company and really is actually the the heart and soul behind our Laos program. He's my best friend. Um, but we also have our local guides with us the whole time. So anytime we're talking about the history of the culture and the country, you know, that's the local guides. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about the history of Laos because that's not my country. It's their <laughs> job to do that, yeah. So if, if someone were to come and go on a volunteer trip to Laos and help with the permaculture, what does that trip look like? Maybe just take me through the experience right yeah, now. Kind of a day in the life. Yes. Um, yes. So we are always going to combine um, cultural immersion uh, with our volunteer projects, with our awesome adventures. You know, mm -hmm. you can have some fun, make a positive impact. 
So we always like to start in the cities, you know, just for flights, things like that. So you would fly into Long Prabang, um, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's an amazingly um, beautiful small city. And you'll spend uh, the first couple days there. Um, so we will take part in a culture day. So bright and early, an alms ceremony, um, which is giving gifts to the monks as they're you know, parading through the streets of Long Prabang, mm -hmm. um, really getting to take part in that kind of special ceremony. Um, we have an opportunity to meditate with a local monk. Um, he does speak English, so you know, having the opportunity to learn about this other language, which is really a, a way of life for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, we'll head to Tat Kwan Si Waterfall, which is a fairy tale waterfall. It is, it's, I swear it's like a fountain of youth. Like, um, I'm secretly 50 and I just look this young. It's, <laughs> okay. um, it's beautiful, you know, crystal clear limestone waters and cliffs, um, and it's massive. And so, you know, we'll check up to the top just to, to swim, refresh, you know, shake off maybe that jet lag, um, and really kind of ease into the culture and learn about where you are. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do also have a wildlife component to our projects. Um, so there's an incredible nonprofit, Free the Bears, who we uh, partner with. Okay. And um, illegal uh, wildlife trade and poaching is a big problem mm -hmm. um, for uh, moon bears uh, in Southeast Asia. So Free the Bears is rescuing them and building sanctuaries where they can live out their lives, uh, you know, in peace. Um, so we're helping to provide hands-on with that. Um, so you will get to help continue to build uh, bear sanctuaries to to house these bears. Um, and then we'll head to Sapchem. And Sapchem is my home away from home. It is my favorite place in the entire world. Um, and that is really where the heart of this program takes place. Okay. And uh, so you have to take a bus and then you hop on a long tail boat. Um, so it's on the Namu River. So you're hopping on this long tail boat, super low to the ground. Um, and it's about a two hour boat ride to Sapchem. Okay. And you know, you're looking to your right, to your left. I always say it looks like Jurassic Park because I think that there should be like dinosaurs flying above me. It's just such a beautiful jungle, beautiful area. Um, and you're on this adventure to, to Sapchem. Um, and you get off the boat and the whole community comes down. You know, they know when you're arriving and um, the community has just really uh, opened their arms to us and they'll come down and you know, help us and greet us and, um, and it's home. You know, it's this small community, 350 people, mm -hmm. one road in, one road out. Um, and that is where really the magic takes place for the rest of the time. Um, which I'll talk about those projects in a, in, a, in a bit. But really within that, you wake up every morning to beautiful nature, you know, staying in these group bungalows. So you'll have a, um, a bunk buddy. And the accommodations were built by Chief John himself. Okay. Um, that was his investment to give is wow. come, you know, I, we want you guys in this community and, and I'll make that happen. Um, and you'll wake up every day, have some awesome breakfast, uh, and then head to the work site. So we all walk through the community. Um, community members are joining behind us. You know, they know it's time to work. And we all uh, head to the permaculture plot together. And that's where we'll spend most of our morning volunteering, uh, take a break for lunch, um, and then head back to the work site in the afternoon. So while you're volunteering, are you pulling weeds or mm -hmm. uh, digging holes? Like what? What's 
what's the definition of volunteering? Like, yeah. yeah. So it's going to depend where we are in the project. So this last summer was our first year implementing this new project. Mm -hmm. So if you were group one, you were looking at this weed-infested plot of land mm -hmm. with trees and you know all sorts of wild bushes. So maybe for group one, you are taking some machetes and you're hacking those weeds down. You're clearing the land, okay. um, and maybe that's that's what we can accomplish within those two weeks. Um, but say you're group five. Wavy Meat have now been able to establish the vegetable plots where we're actually actively planting Morning Glory, which is the most delicious vegetable out there. It's my favorite. Um, Wait, is that the eggplant? Like morning, morning Glory? glory? No, it's similar. It, well, it's more so like, um, think of like an asparagus, but with like a leafy top to it almost. It's okay. like a green onion material with a leafy top. Okay. Saute right. it with some soy sauce, Ooh. garlic, and chilies. It's, it's incredible. Okay. Yeah. It sounds um, lovely. Highly suggest the morning glory. Okay. Packed full of nutrients. Who doesn't love vegetables? Oh, I love vegetables. Yeah. Um, so it could be that. You know, it could be that we are already building the vegetable plots and, and getting starting things growing. Mm -hmm. um, or it could be building adobe bricks. So this last winter was our most recent trip. Um, and we are using adobe bricks, which is made out of earth, um, mm -hmm. you know, clay, to uh, create a home for the caretaker of the plot. So some member of the community will eventually be living in that adobe brick house um, full-time and tending to this plot to make sure that it is, you know, continuously producing and, you know, our project is, is sustainable, that it's going to be long-lasting. Wow. I mean, that sounds really cool to travel yeah. to a mysterious place you know, you may have never been to before, and to actually get your hands dirty, you know, really help out a community and, and I don't know, just make a difference. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a vacation, but it's definitely not a vacation. You know, you're not gonna be laying on the beach. Um, it's its own kind of experience and it's its own kind of vacation, but you're out there working, um, but that's honestly, I think the best part of it is you're through, you know, the work site, you're looking to your right, you're looking to your left, there's just community members everywhere, and, and that's where you really start to get to know people, you yeah. know, and have a conversation and, and learn the heart of the community. Now, what's one of those experiences while volunteering in Laos that has made an impact on you? So my first year, 2016, um, was our first year in Subchem. And that was a very special year for me. So at that time, our project was building a water tank. Um, you know, with our projects, uh, you have to think about the, the human needs. Um, the women had to get water from the rivers, but due to recent hydroelectric dam construction, the river water has been polluted a bit. So they, um, that's no longer a viable source of water for them. So the closest freshwater source is actually six kilometers across the river. So it's pretty far away. So uh, the chief actually is the one who had the idea about building a water tank. Um, you know, the community mm -hmm. had this kind of this issue. So we like to build things out of plastic bottles. Um, so we were going to build a 21,000 liter water tank using plastic bottles as bricks. Um, and that was our first, you know, everyone thought we were crazy because, it, you know, no one has ever heard of that. How, you know, how is it going to stand up? Right, how is it stable? Right. Uh -huh. you know, and these things are packed tight with sand and trash, and that's a way that we can help clean up and things like that. Very but interesting. But you are, you know, stick in bottle, pounding it with a rock, it's packed. Um, and so uh, it was, the water tank was finally finished. It was the end of the season. 
Um, we had to work extra long hours to make this happen, but you know, we wanted to make this happen. It was our first season. We were still getting to know each other as a give in the community of Sapchem, um, and we had a, a pipe. So we actually connected a pipe six kilometers away through the dense jungle um, and had to suspend it across the Namu River to connect it to this, this water tank. And it took the entire community, plus all of our volunteers, playing tug of war with this pipe to suspend it across the river. Oh my god! And it was like, you know, I looked to my right, I looked to my left, I have no idea where my volunteers are. It's just this whole madhouse of community members out here to make this happen. Yeah. Um, and just the minute that we finally got it hooked up, water started flowing and it was just like, I'm getting tears in my eyes thinking about it again. It was just, it's, it was such an incredible accomplishment for everyone, for Give, for the community, and um, and that was the moment that, especially as you know, someone that was going to come back to work in this community, we knew that we were going to show up for each other. That the community of Sapcham can trust Give, and, and we can trust them, and that it was you know kind of that beginning of of really our beautiful relationship as we've both grown together over the last few years. That is beautiful. I mean, that is beautiful. <laughs> I know, like, I cry every time I talk about it, but it, it was. It, it was a pretty incredible experience. You're bringing water, you're bringing life. Yeah. I mean, I, how are they getting their water? I mean, like, how, were, were they getting sick? Like, what? So, a lot of times they, they'd just be boiling it. So, you're going down to the river, you're bringing it up in buckets, you know, you're boiling it, you're doing what you can, um, but, you know, what it's, it's definitely pain. not perfect. Yeah. And then our our project, the immediately following the winter, was to install underwater piping to each home. So originally it would go up to the tank. It's a small community, so uh -huh. it's not far. But the ease of having water in your home and the ease of having water outside is very different. So right. um, it is now connected to every single house. Uh, bravo! In, in that community, I mean, thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. I mean, you're you're really making a difference in the world and actively with yeah. your time and energy and your voice and that's it's really cool what you're doing thank you really cool um, and so what what are some other projects going on in in Laos right now uh, that you guys I know that you mentioned the permaculture mm -hmm. do you have any impending projects that that you're going to be doing there yeah well the, so the permaculture is ongoing you okay. know and especially with our, our project selection you know they are going to take time and that's where you know, people sometimes will criticize, well, your two weeks isn't making a difference. Well, we've been in Laos for six years. We've mm -hmm. been in Sapchem for six years. Um, you know, we are choosing projects that maybe it's not going to be finished in, in those two weeks. Of course not. You're a piece of the puzzle that's mm -hmm. making it possible. So we will continue to work on um, the adobe brick house. We'll continue to build out the permaculture plot. Um, we do also provide English education. So students are usually on their summer break when they're when we are there. Mm -hmm. um, so we're offering a continuation of their um, their education. And in a lot of these communities, um, being able to speak English is what allows you to continue on to secondary school to to get a job in tourism, which is a really big industry. You know, that's a livelihood for a lot of people. Um, so we actually have started an education fund for some of our secondary students. So um, they are required to, to show up and either train under us to be become a lead guide eventually. You know, we, we have our local staff or they'll show up and do a certain amount of sessions on the, the permaculture plot, you know, showing up to maybe help teach some of the younger kids. Um, and if they, it's a tiered reward system. Mm -hmm. So if they attend a certain amount of sessions, uh, we'll pay for their books for secondary school for the next year. Um, or we'll pay for their uniforms, mm -hmm. which are all direct barriers 
years to them continuing on to school um, because there are no secondary schools in Subchem, just one primary school. So, you know, it's a long way for them to continue education. Yeah. Um, so really it's providing a summer job for them, but instead of giving them money, it's, it's an education opportunity. Um, so that's always ongoing. Yeah. Um, but really, we also, our projects are, are actually through our cultural activities. And that's where that term responsible travel and kind of our adventure travel mm -hmm. uh, joins into our programs. So at the end of your day, you may be able to take a weaving lesson with um, the women. Uh, weaving uh, scarves and blankets is uh, one of their local handicrafts. Okay. Um, and so you'll sit down with one-on-one -on -one and they'll teach you how to make it. Um, you can finish the scarf, they'll finish it for you, you can take home. That they're just beautiful silk scarves. It's, mm. it's incredible what they're yeah. able to do. Um, and all of these activities, whether you could also uh, brew rice wine um, or go fishing with some of the local men, um, lots of activities. But why it's actually considered a project in our eyes is um, it's responsible tourism. We're spreading our tourism dollars to as many different families as possible within this community. And mm -hmm. you having this experience is also providing them with dinner for the night mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it is. Um, and all activities are organized by the women. Uh, they're definitely the true badasses yeah. of the community. And so, hey, G, you know that day three, our group of 15 people are going to be up here at 530. Um, and we need 15 women to uh, do the weaving lesson. Yeah. All I do is show up. The volunteers are there. All 15 women come. They'll grab someone. And you are in their home and, and learning from them. That is um, cool. And say that there's 30 women that have looms. Uh, G will then make sure that that next group, woman number 16, you're first on the list and we move down. And so she cycles through everyone to provide as many equal opportunities as possible. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what a trip. Yeah, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. So I appreciate being able to kind of talk about the background. You know, it, uh, it's awesome experiences, but there's a lot of thoughtfulness that comes behind it as well. Well, I feel like these trips just become a little bit less scary if you know what to expect you know, the history of it, you know, the bigger picture of what you're working towards and how you can make an impact. Definitely. Uh, so just curious, so after maybe you've, you've done your volunteer trip and maybe you want to relax a little bit before going home, where would you go? Yeah, um, so we, it's funny because we end our trips with adventure. It's actually this like massive viewpoint track at the end. Okay. So you're feeling accomplished. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, you are able to incorporate a volunteer trip into your own travels. So you don't have to go home. Um, we work with you on flights and there's plenty of people that are like, hey, I'm traveling in Thailand and I want to make this my last stop or I want to make this my first stop. Uh -huh. um, and so we're flexible with you on those dates. And if you wanted to, to just relax, Long Prabang is a very peaceful um, city with lots of uh, wonderful pools and hotels and amazing food. So you're happy to just kick back, relax, and enjoy those, you know, last couple days on your own. Yeah. Um, or, you know, people will take advantage of traveling halfway around the world and head up to Vietnam or head to Thailand or Cambodia. So really, you can make this your own trip and fit it into a bigger picture if you're looking for that. Okay. Really cool. Very cool. Well, let's get into some logistics. Uh, how old do you need to be to go on this trip? So our flagship programs and really the, the two-week trips um, is for uh, 18 and over. So mm -hmm. you have to be 18 by the time of your trip. 
Um, and usually our main demographic is going to be 18 to 25. Okay. Um, that being said, we have just opened new high school uh, trips. So if you are 15, 16, or 17 and want to have an experience, we have two programs for you. Um, and then also by popular demand, my parents included, who joined me in Laos this past summer, yeah. um, we do have adult traveler trips as well. So for 40 plus, if you're looking to join other um, adults, but maybe your accommodation is a little nicer, or transportation is more comfortable, uh. um, we have now designed trips for all ages. Do you have trips where you could bring your children to have them experience volunteering abroad? Uh, that would be through our specialized trips. So with our, well, and you can, you know, we have had an adult join their 20-year-olds to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or just have that two-week trip. Right, but if I um, want to bring like my five-year-old. Yeah, you would do a specialized trip. So because we have that amazing relationship with these communities, mm -hmm. um, we are able to offer year-round trips. So if you wanted to take a 10-day trip to Tanzania or Laos um, mm -hmm. and bring your five-year-old, bring your husband, bring your... 20 year olds and have a family trip and have that kind of same experience but maybe a little bit shorter we are able to accommodate that for you got it got it now what is the cost of uh, of an average trip um, maybe for someone who's just out of high school just out of college they want to come they want to volunteer maybe not have the the cashier yeah the you know, our flagship program. Your like flagship our program. Trip. Yeah. Yes. How much does that cost? So those are um, average nineteen ninety five. So one thousand nine hundred ninety five, mm -hmm. um, and that's going to include everything once you land in country. So okay. it's you know, and you are doing a lot. The minute you land in country, your transportation guides are there to pick you up. Three wonderful, delicious meals a day. All the fresh drinking water. Um, your activities. You know, you're paying for that weaving lesson that's being mm -hmm. provided by that woman. You're paying for the entrance fee to the waterfall. You're paying for the steam bath that we reward you with at the end of the trip. Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah. Um, but most importantly, that program cost is what makes that project possible. Uh-huh. Um, and that is, you know, you are paying for that bucket of cement that you're mixing. You're paying for the morning glory seeds that are eventually going to be growing into fresh vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, that is really where that big uh, chunk of cost is going. Now, what if uh, you have uh, maybe dietary restrictions, what if you're vegan or you're gluten-free or have allergies? Um, how's the food there to yeah. accommodate that? Not a problem at all. We have accommodated all sorts of severe allergies, um, distastes, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, vegan, vegetarian, not a problem. So okay. we collect all that information prior um, and that's part of my job is connecting with our vendors and making sure that they're aware we have mm -hmm. 20 people coming, three of them are vegetarian, two of them are pescatarian, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And so we are there to accommodate for that. Um, so there's no problems with that. So what if you have limited mobility or what if you're in a wheelchair? Can you volunteer yeah, and, and come out? So unfortunately at this point, uh, we can't make it work. So it's it's been something that, you know, guts our heart and we want to provide this opportunity for as many people as possible. Uh -huh. um, and we're constantly trying to, to potentially make a, a specialized trip where that is possible. Mm -hmm. But as our, our group trips are right now, um, with the rural element, with the kinds of transportation, um, with, uh, well, and I, I guess to, to kind of back up, it depends on the mobility. Okay. So, if you have a concern, if you have a question, give us a call to talk about it. So that's going to be first step, is we're okay. going to try to make it work. Um, if you maybe are in a wheelchair and have no ability to walk or, or you know, depending uh -huh. on the disability or limited mobility, um, 
there are some people we just can't make it work based on okay. our travel, based on the rural areas that we're in, um, and just based on really the group trips and the liabilities. Um, but that being said, we've also done some pretty incredible things to make it happen for people. And that's what we want. We want everyone to have these experiences. Yeah. So if you have a question about it, if you have a concern, give us a call and we will do everything we can to make it happen. Okay, cool. Fair. And when is the best time to, to go to Laos? Mm. Uh, always. <laughs> There's no bad time. So our, our main trips, um, you know, that bulk two-week trip where you're joining other awesome people around the world, um, those trips are going to be May through August. Okay. So you can choose two-week time frames anytime during those three months. Um, and then we also offer trips December, January. Uh, and so it is, um, they're going to be different climates in December, January. It might be a little bit cooler, mm -hmm. um, but maybe you have a little less rain um, in May through August. It's a little bit of the rainy season, but um, I think that's also part of the adventure is mix of rain and sunshine and um, it's better weather than Seattle. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is no bad time, but the group trips would be during that time frame and a specialized trip can be done anytime outside of that. Now, what about okay. dengue fever? I mean, are you needing to watch out for mosquitoes, bring repellent, that sort of thing? Yeah, so we get questions about, you know, immunizations all the time. Yeah. So legally, you know, I'm not a medical provider, I'm not a doctor, so legally I can't actually advise you on anything. Okay. That being said, um, we just advise you to talk to your doctors. You know, we're following CDC guidelines, we're following a lot of those World Health Organization mm -hmm. suggestions, things like that. Um, what I always can say is, you know, I have the knowledge of what volunteers do. Some of them get extra shots, some of them maybe might take malaria pills, some of them won't. Um, I personally don't get any other shots other than what I've needed to basically attend university, you know, mm -hmm. typhoid, hepatitis A, B, things like that. Uh -huh. um, so we have never had any incidences across any of our locations with anyone contracting any strange things, but really we just advise, you know, the medical advice of your doctor. It's an individualized choice and, you know, see what they recommend. Yeah. Now, how do you book a trip and how far in advance do you need to book a trip? Yeah, great question. So. Um, our process is to register and apply through our website. So you could go to givevolunteers.org slash apply, and it's not a commitment. It really is just kind of that first step interest form. You can apply and go on a trip 10 years from now, um, but that's step one. Mm -hmm. And once you apply, you actually will have a volunteer portal created for you. Um, and that's where you'll be able to see all of our trip dates, which trip dates are open, how many seats are left. It's going to be that live update. Mm -hmm. um, and once you've decided which location, which date, you're going to pay a $450 deposit. Um, so that deposit is uh, not an additional cost. It is deducted from your total trip cost. Okay. So you're really just paying a big chunk of it at once to, to get that spot down. Mm -hmm. um, and once your spot is saved, you have up until 70 days prior to your departure to get the rest of the money in. Okay. Um, so it, you can basically create your own customized plan. If you want to do reoccurring payments with us, mm -hmm. great. If you want to mail us a check every three weeks when you get money, great. If you want to just save up, do it all at once. Um, it really is individualized to your financial situation. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of when to apply, when to sign up, it is first come, first serve. And we have plenty of trips that do fill up, plenty of trips that do reach capacity. So that's what you'd be able to see on your volunteer profile. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, we've also accepted someone a week before. They've called us frantic at the office and are like, I am ready to do this, I need to go. And I gave them my cell phone number. We were talking at like 10 p.m. And, and we made it happen. I um, love that. And it is. You know, we are a small organization. And, and that's kind of, I think, the, the perk of it is you're going to get that kind of customer service because we want to make this possible for you. 
Now, what about the digital nomads out there who may need to attend to emails or be able to hop on a phone call? Is there any kind of access to Wi-Fi out there or is there phone service? Uh, so it's pretty limited. Um, so part of what I think makes our trip so incredible is our opportunity to disconnect. And mm -hmm. we do encourage people to do that. Um, we do have Wi-Fi. You'll have Wi-Fi. Uh, the first part of your trip and usually the last in your major cities. Um, we do also alert your emergency contact the minute you land or with guides so people know you're safe with Give. Um, but when you're in those rural communities, it's pretty limited cell service. So sometimes if you have an international plan, you might pick up a couple bars. Um, sometimes you may not. Um, so we always say no news is good news from the office. Mm -hmm. um, but for safety reasons, we have uh, the ability the office to get a hold of our guides. We have sat phones, um, so we have, or maybe Wi-Fi just for our staff. Mm -hmm. um, but we do encourage people to disconnect. So if you have to take a summer course or you have to constantly be able to check email, we usually might consider or you know recommend you to choose a different date or a different time where you're a little more free um, just to kind of keep that disconnected mindset. Got it. That is some great advice. <laughs> and then finally, uh, when going to Laos, what should you pack in your bag? Oh, the, the wonderful packing question. Um, less is more. Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we encourage, um, you're wearing the same clothes every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's a few different kind of outfits that you'd want to have in mind. So when we're in the cities, um, if we're going to a temple or, uh, you know, meditation, something like that, um, definitely culturally respective, cultural considerations is huge. So women will have to have their shoulders and knees covered mm -hmm. um, in loose clothing. Um, but, you know, the elephant pants, the skirts, it's all awesome. So you can get that at the night market, which we visit on that first night. Mm -hmm. um, so same with when we're in the community of Sepchem. We are res respecting their culture. So for us ladies, if you're walking through the community, hanging out in someone's home, uh, we ask that your knees and shoulders are covered. Mm -hmm. So a few cultural, considerable mm -hmm. outfits. Mm -hmm. um, that's also what we wear in the classroom. Um, but then when you are in the work site, we allow shorts. Uh, so, you know, workout shorts, Nike shorts, whatever it is, and a t-shirt is totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, and most people wear those same, you know, maybe two outfits of workout, work site clothes mm -hmm. um, and you're re-wearing those, you know, everyone's stinky and sweaty within five minutes and that's the fun of it is we're all in the same boat, wake up, you know, dry out your shirt overnight, put it on, get back to the work site kind of thing. Yeah. Um, on the, the very end of the trip, um, the community holds a pretty special ceremony, a uh, bossy ceremony. I don't want to spoil too much, Okay. Um, but we always encourage people to wear fun traditional things. The community also, the women make skirts um, that they all wear if you want, and so it's kind of an opportunity to dress up in the local garb and fun. really have this kind of final well wishes send off. Super fun. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's I have, fantastic. I have my favorite party skirts that I put on <laughs> every trip, so. I need pictures. Yeah, I will. I'll give you, they're, they're pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, my gosh, I feel like you just painted the experience so well. And um, it's, it's an inspiration to go and give of your time and your energy to help out the community out there. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely... You know, I want to sound selfless, but it's, you know, it's an experience for myself as well. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to call this, this home Subchem. And you know, yeah. when my parents came, it was this uh -huh. united uh, reunion of families. You know, basically, it was like my Subchem parents meeting my Laos parents, and so, so you know, they wow. really are. It's, it's cliche, but that's why people travel is, you know, it's about 
uh, what other people can give back to you because there's pretty incredible people out there and if you travel far enough you'll find them beautiful beautiful uh actually i lied i said there was a final question but i got one more uh water yeah. Uh, should you be bringing a, a bottle with a purifier on it or a life straw, you know, to maybe use less plastic? What What do you do for water? Out yeah, there? great question. No, all of that is taken care of. So okay. um, that's included in your program cost. We have those massive, you know, gallon jugs mm -hmm. you may find in like an office. You know, we are carrying those around with us all the time. So uh, whether you're on the project site, whether you're at the classroom, whatever it is, we have our our give designated jugs. Um, so all the fresh drinking water is provided. So okay. as long as you bring your reusable water bottle, um, you are set access 24-7 access to fresh drinking water. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. All right, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show. And um, we'd love to have you on again and maybe explore uh, another part of the world. Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's it's mm -hmm. always, you know, brings back incredible memories getting to talk about Laos, so thank you. Fantastic. And you can go to givevolunteers.org. Yes. Right? Yep. And then you can also go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com, click on episodes, you'll find this, you'll find show notes, um, a way to book, uh, uh, photos, and more information there. So please check it out. And also find us on Instagram on Experiences Podcast. Please follow us. And um, please just spread the word. You know, we're trying to find unique experiences around the world that can be replicated. And this one sounds like a really cool one to go do. Well, thank you for, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you.